Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Thomas. And I'm Harry. And this is our 26th episode. Cranking these out, aren't we? Yeah, I know. That's 26 game weeks gone by. 12 to go, so really are sort of heading into... The business end. Yes, very much so. Thomas, how was your game week 26? Double game week, sorry, I might have. Yes, uh, pretty well. Could have been better had Charles Cook not conceded a penalty and then Obelai miss said penalty and then Obelai conceded in the 95th minute. Yep. But apart from that, yeah, it went well. Um, Gordon impressively got me zero points against Dundee at Tynecastle. Uh, Bassey for six, Tav for 17. Then Ramsey managed to redeem himself in his second game after getting minus one point in the first game, managed to bring him up to a total of four points for the game week. Charles Cook got me zilch because he conceded a penalty. Jota got me 14 points due to his two goals and three bonus points against the Dons. And then speaking of the Dons, Lewis Ferguson romped in with a massive 20 points. Bit of a disappointment on Captain Abada, who only got to me the four after his points were doubled. Then Vice Captain Morales on 12, Boyce on two, and then Van Veen saved me from Obelai's minus one coming off the bench for zero points. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so and your overall rank is up to? Uh, it was, what was it, 400 and... 82nd. Ah, not bad. So into the, Were you already in the top 500 last game week or is that you into it now? No, that's me into it now. I've, I think I've like risen 300 places over the last two weeks. Oh, it took you long enough to achieve a sort of fairly respectable rank. I mean, I've turned this ship around. There's still time for it to revert direction. But yeah, but it won't. We'll see how you get on. Anyway, yourself, Harry. Well, as Thomas ekes into the top 500, I crack the top 50, squeaking in at 49, I think. Yeah, 49, so just inside. Um, with a, what I consider to be a very impressive Game Week 26 score of 84 points. So uh, my issues when it comes to picking a keeper persist. Uh, I also brought I brought in Gordon this Game Week for uh, Hearts' run of fixtures, and he thanked me. With a zero pointer. I actually don't know if he's even had many of those all season. Let's have a look. I'm going to quickly pull up his numbers now. He has had. I think he's had two, two other zero pointers all season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's safe to say I'm very disappointed. It just I think I'm cursed when it comes to picking keepers because I had Jack Anik and he was terrible apart from the last game or two before I moved him on. Then I brought in Sigrist who didn't keep a clean sheet for like six games consecutively. Started performing well just before I took him out, and then I switched to Gordon, and yeah, big fat zero points. And would I not be correct in saying that Dundee kept clean sheet this weekend? No, no, it was 2-1. Was it 2-1? I thought it was 2-0. It was 2-1. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who got the Hearts goal. I think it was Ellis Sims, it was, actually. It was, no, Dundee United didn't play Hearts this week. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Dundee Hearts. Yeah, no, Dundee United uh, did, in fact, keep a clean sheet. Against Motherwell. Yes, and I think that's like this, like, third on the bounce. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just can't seem to pick a keeper this year. Uh, maybe it's something I'll look at between this season and next. Moving on, uh, double Rangers defence doing me very nicely. Bassey with six points in Tav, achieving the what I refer to as the Holy Trinity, the defensive Holy Trinity, clean sheet, assist and a goal. Um, returned him 17 points. Ramsey's four. 
Uh, Charles Cook, zero. Not going to be too unhappy about that because he has returned me so many points prior to this game week. Yota, 14. Very surprising 20 points from Ferguson coming from a very late penalty, so I'll happily take every single one of those. McMullen for three. Stinking out my team and I can't wait to get rid of him. Uh, Abada for two. Captain Morales for 16 and vice-captain Boyce for two. I had it on Yota before the start of the game week and changed because I wasn't confident about him starting. Um, and that came back to bite me. But it is what it is. Juranovic doesn't start again this week. Obelai is minus one, stays on the bench, and then obviously I got my wee bench trick player there for zero points. Yeah, so... You were speaking about Tav there, who got the defence of Holy Trinity of a clean sheet, a goal and an assist. He also almost completed three tackles and three interceptions as well. Yeah, so. it's a few folk that Captain, that Captain Nim done, have done very well. And yeah, he continues to be the best fantasy football asset in the game. Let's crack on with the fixtures then. Um, I guess... I'm seeing a lot of people owning Ferguson and or Ramsey and or Ramirez, so why not talk about the game where in which they scored the majority of their points? Uh, Aberdeen versus Celtic, um, where Celtic managed to seal three points in a five-goal thriller. Um, I noticed that Aberdeen have sort of... It looked to me at least like they had switched to a three at the back um, with uh, Bazawan, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, playing in an attacking position, but... That I'm going based off of a sports scene, so that is most likely incorrect. If I go to so for score, have them as a four at the back. Yeah, four the at the back. Yeah, um, it's probably worth noting that um, bench trick player. Oh no, I'm looking at the, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong game here. I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the St Johnson game. I should have the Aberdeen Celtic one up. There we go. Yes. Um, yeah, I have him here as a three at the back on sofa score as well. Um, However, I think it's probably... You should probably note that since then, <laughs> Stephen Glass has been sat. Yeah, so. that is very true. Since they last played... since Between... It was during they got double... Like, halfway yeah. through the double game week, they sat the manager. Interesting, yeah. Fantasy football odyssey, I believe. It, odyssey? Is that right word? Oddity. Yes, yeah. Um, Ramirez notching uh, a goal alongside Lewis Ferguson. Um, I think that... Yeah, Lewis Ferguson's probably played some of his best football this season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's cranking out the goal returns. So. I, I, he's really sneaking up there as now as well when it comes to point scorers in midfield. Um, but on this game more generally, uh, I thought yeah, Celtic probably did deserve to win on the balance of things. Um, the expected data brought to you by at XG underscore data. Um Record had Celtic recording 1.42 to Aberdeen's 0.62 and you know Celtic deserved to win but clearly there were possibly more goals than expected in this game um, we've touched on Ferguson briefly Thomas we both own him do you plan on keeping him off the back of his performances of late I mean I don't see why you wouldn't just keep him I need <laughs> he's on penalties and he seems to be pretty good at them so yeah he's got I think it's yeah Four goals in his last seven game weeks, which is nothing to be sniffed at. Uh, and along the way, he's picked up a total of seven bonus points, which too is none too shabby. And something I've noticed is his value is rising quite nicely. He's pretty much a premium midfielder now at 5.8 million. Uh, yeah. So you could probably step sideways quite easily to a Kent or a Rogic or a, you know, another, another uh, premium price midfielder. I mean, that's if you want to. He's the fifth highest scoring midfielder in the game. 
That's very true. Um, who is it that uh, remains above him? Uh, there's Turnbull, who's been out injured for God sure. knows how long. And yeah. then you've got Aribo, Charles Cook, and Abada. Yeah, so I just, again, it's definitely, he would not be a priority transfer, so I'd be holding on to him. Um, anyone else you picked out um, for Aberdeen in this game week? I mean, Ojo, did he not get a double assist this week? Uh, yes, he took both of the set pieces that resulted in uh, yeah the, the the two Aberdeen goals. So would I go? Would I keep Ojo? Or would I sign him? No. Nah, I think Aberdeen have a fairly rough run of fixtures, and at his price point, there are quite a few options. As far as I'm aware, he probably is the cheapest of the bunch. But considering how well players like Ronan, uh, Regan Charles Cook, and then Barry Kilty McKay, is also looking good. Kilty coming to the fray as well now, and Forrest. Um, Yep, uh, Alan Forrester probably are better options ahead of him. Yep, I had Ramirez down here too. Uh, three shots, one on target, uh, and scored a, a goal from the from the set piece. He has turned into a sort of talismanic figure at Aberdeen, and uh, I think I think it's between him and Ferguson they'll have scored more than what twenty five goals altogether. Not not exclusively in the league, but you know it's fairly reasonable output. Um. Anyone else you want to pick out on the Aberdeen side of things? I mean, I guess it's possibly worth talking about... Ramsey. Uh, I mean, Ramsey is back, but he hasn't necessarily done anything. Yeah. I was going to say uh, about what glasses sacking means from a fantasy football perspective. And the answer to that is, Lord knows, because who's their next manager? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, is, is it Barry, Ro- Barry Robson that they're standing? I think so. Um, I don't think he's the greatest... But what do you think this means from a fantasy football perspective and their picks? We've only got sort of one game of data, realistically speaking. And is there much you can really take away from one game against St. Johnston? Yeah, I would probably agree with you. Again, if you are looking to bring in Aberdeen players or holding any, you just would probably want to make sure it's the sort of key players. Um, Those being probably Ramirez, Ferguson, Ramsey... I mean, I can't imagine anyone owning anyone else. Um, other than that, you know, when the new manager comes in or a management team takes over, um, you can expect a little bit of flux with regards to the starting eleven. Um, but I, I just don't see many folk having many. Like, I can't imagine players outside of Ferguson, Ramirez, and Ramsey having much ownership. Um, so I don't think it's something to be too concerned about. Nah, and like, they're they're players who are going to start pretty much every game and. Uh, you look outside the first team and there's not much there. Yeah. On the other half of this fixture then, uh Celtic, what did you make of what did you make of Celtic's performance in this fixture? Um I mean I think they looked pretty solid. I mean defensively they weren't the greatest. I mean that you could say that against every team who concedes twice in a game, but Jota looking all the bit of all the parts of a seven million pound midfielder i think yeah i think he looks very good i've got him down here as one of the players i've picked out um four shots two on target 0.7 non-penalty xg and two goals to match um my concern now with celtic is rotation so i am a uranovic owner and he failed to start i think it was this week and last i think there was i think postacoglu said it was a bug that he had and that and that's the annoying thing is that Ange Postacoglu plays his cards very close to his chest when it comes to the availability of his players. So it would not surprise me to see a Kyogo or a Turnbull just turn back up on the pitch one week. I mean, probably you'd see them in training before it happened. But 
it wouldn't surprise me I if mean, all of a sudden Kilo... even before the old farm like you couldn't have told if Cal McGregor was going exactly to play. exactly there was there was no idea there was no indication um I thought O'Reilly is a player I've got uh, really got my eye on. He had one shot, one on target, three key passes, 0.2 XA, and he got two returns this week, one goal, one assist. I like him from the perspective of there is probably going to be a degree of rotation, but at least you're getting, you're reducing like the, the amount of money you've got tied up in that rotation risk. I think he's like 4.5 million, and he's very attacking I was listening to an interview of his actually uh, today and he was talking about how um, he's playing in positions where he can hurt the opposition and I thought that was an interesting way of putting it and maybe you know it made me think maybe he's looking to create goals and score goals himself yeah I mean you can sort of see that from when he plays in every game like you, if you watch the old farm that's what he was doing in this game that's what he was doing so yeah I mean if you've got a spare Celtic player lying about why not pick him up? I think so. I think so. I mean, I haven't had a chance yet to watch Aberdeen's second game of the game week. Have you managed to catch the highlights? No, but I know people that they, that went and said that both teams were pish. Really? They were terrible? Yeah. yeah. It's... Uh, I just think... I mean, this is not necessarily really pertaining to fantasy football discussion, but I thought the sacking of... Glass wasn't necessary. Not that it wasn't due, like you know, out of both cups in the you know in the quarters finals or before ninth in the league. But hypothetically, if they had won the game, if he was still in charge and they won the game last night, they'd be a point off fourth, which is like guaranteed European football. And I just thought, like, what a, a strange time for this to happen. And it's like just after the January transfer window as well. Yep. It's- which which makes me think that they probably have someone lined up, and we would see an appointment in the very near future. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. At the moment, I'm going to be avoiding Aberdeen. I mean, I've got Ferguson, and I don't see myself moving him on. The same with Ramsey. I have other plans with my team at the moment, um, but maybe they do have a tough fixture run coming up. Um, game weeks 20, I would say 28 through to 31 is not the kindest. Dundee United at home um, in the, the new firm derby. Hearts away, Rangers away, and then Hibs at home. Um, so possibly looking to get down to just one Aberdeen player before that run yeah if they do finish in the bottom half how many of their players would you have I guess it's hard to say I mean we're talking about that, like the post split uh, and player, player psychology comes into it Aberdeen will have nothing to play for so I don't see them being particularly motivated true and that's what six weeks away Yeah. Where, whereas they'll be playing You know, I mean maybe they, they themselves will be relegation threatened who knows um, but considering how far St. Johnson and Dundee are adrift at the bottom of the table, I don't see it being an issue really. Moving on then, Rangers 2, Hibs 0, um, as uh, the the Jairs continue their uh, rebound from their old firm thrashing. Um, I thought, yeah, Rangers continued their sort of run of good performances after uh, smashing hearts and then beating Hibs. Uh, looking very good and I think we mention this every time on the podcast at this point but Morelos looking very strong too really really good yeah I feel like every time you hear the words tab to Morelos it almost always just ends in the word goal yeah no I, I, I would I would definitely agree with you he again this week put up some ridiculous numbers uh, 8 shots 5 on target 2 key passes 0.7 xg and 1 goal um, we're asked Every week about what strikers to go with, and I think we'll be uh, we've been asked that again this week. He's number one 
then there's about 50 miles between him and the rest. He is number one pick, probably a good captaincy pick most game weeks. I thought Tav had a good game. Uh, yep. Two shots, one on target, four key passes, um, 0.8 XG, including the penalty, um, 0.8 XA, which I thought was very high. One goal and one assist and a colossal 17 points. Well, yeah, I'd imagine that that um, 0.8 comes almost from the Morelos assist. Oh, from like the... He had created two chances, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, so that, like a large part of it all came from those two. Yeah. And was did he not also play a really nice ball into Arthur to do that run into the box? Let me have a look at my notes from the highlights. That uh, was a, the Kuppermeyer. Yes, yes. Role, uh, Tav curling ball into Arfield. Um and I've put Arfield probably should have scored but fired wide. Yeah, so he created a number of very good opportunities. Would you say he's playing in a more advanced position now over the past couple of weeks? Not really. It just seems that like He's doing something similar to Trent Alexander-Arnold. Right? More sort crosses of, from deep. Yeah, he's sort of not not quite as central as you see the sort of Celtic fullbacks, but he, yeah, crossing from deep because that's what happened for the Arfield goal. That's what happened for both of the Morelos chances he created. I'm pretty sure. So I think he's sitting deep, but like it's not that you're not. He's not getting. There's no detriment to his sort of offensive output as a regard. Anyone else you'd like to pick out? Ryan Kent, I thought, also looked very good. He won his penalty and had a couple of shots in the box. Yeah, he took five shots, one on target, two he passes. He's another one who's firmly on my radar and I'm kind of tossing up at the moment. Am I going for a third Celtic mid or do I get an extra uh, Rangers attacking asset? Okay, the problem with that, though, is since you doubled up on their defence, do you get rid of Bassey? I think you'd have to. I mean, it depends how well you think Kent is going to do. Uh, but that is... the dip. The, I guess the swaying factor in this regard would be... Uh, Bassey seems to be sort of fairly nailed can fill at the centre-back or at left-back whereas Juranovic is in and out the team plays 60 minutes then 30 minutes then no minutes then 90 minutes and I'm kind of looking for a sort of assurance with minutes in my defence so I can move things around in midfield and up front and sort of attack fixture runs and players who are hitting form talking of hitting form and a team doing the uh, I mean we haven't really talked about Hibs Um, what did you think of Hibs? <laughs> yeah, I mean Kevin is, but arguably could have got one. Yeah, but that's like, the story of a season, really. Yeah, he's been so bad. Uh, uh, sort of bereft of confidence. I'm not going near him. I don't think. Um, to only think they could have sold him in the summer for a couple of million. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be lucky to get a couple of quid now. <laughs> yep, yeah, I sort of think as well that the the penalty very early in the first half sort of kills the game a little bit from there. Yeah. Um. Just sort of yeah, burst hips bubble a little bit, and they didn't do too much. I think Cadden has been playing very very well. Um. For Hibs, and he he had a chance or two in this game, but um. Yeah. Not particularly impressive. But again, it's playing away at Ibrox, so I'm not going to rate a team judge a team too harshly. That is very true. We'll go from talking about the green side of Edinburgh to the maroon side. Uh. I could. I actually couldn't believe this. Hearts at home conceding two goals to bottom of the league the week I brought in Craig Gordon. I I couldn't believe it. Dundee coming coming from behind to secure a vital three points in there, attempts to stave off relegation. Who have also in fact sacked their manager as of today. Yep. I think. Yeah, it is. Those today. Yep. yep. Um. So the uh, uh, managerial merry go round is fully in swing. Yeah, doing its thing. Um. What did you think about the match? 
Do I think Hearts deserve to win it? Probably, but I think uh, Robbie Nielsen sort of said it perfectly. They had four or five chances in the first half to kill the game off, and they just didn't. Yeah, that probably about sums it up. Um, let's go to the lineups quickly, just to sort of refresh my memory here. Yeah, um, the thing I'm having issues with at the moment is I remember, I think I can't remember who it was I advised on Twitter. It might have been Fitbapod actually. Um, I said, nah, go Liam Boyce over Ellis Sims because he's got guaranteed game time. It was time. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but lo and behold, Ellis Sims starts up top and scores. Uh, and Liam Boyce sort of seems to have been shunted out to like a sort of left forward position, which makes me less keen on him as an asset. I am going to stick with him in the meantime because he's playing, as far as I'm aware, is still on penalties and is playing in one of the top four attacking sides in the SPFL but yeah I've been fairly disappointed with him so far I would probably agree with your assessment of the game I think Dundee did well in the second half particularly and I have really got my eye on uh, I think it's did Niall McGinn yes Niall McGinn uh, returned uh, an assist this game week Uh, and I was sort of I had my eye on him prior to uh, the start of the season as someone who has very good underlying numbers but he never really got looking at Aberdeen. If it comes to like a sort of relegation scrap, I fancy him as a creative player who's going to get involved in the goals for them. Yeah, I have to somewhat agree. Would Did you take Charlie Adam? Uh, I don't think he's going to be that explosive. I know he scored and assisted at the weekend, but that was versus a Peterhead at the weekend at the, in the cup game. Um, just there, um, but that was against a Peterhead side who who did play well in fairness, but. I think you want to say he's a, he's probably going to play and he is on penalties, but I think you're wanting a more explosive pick. And I think now again might be it. Fair enough. Um, let's see, is there anyone else you picked out in this game, Thomas? I thought Barry Mackay looked alright again. Yeah. I think he sort of is one of those players who is going to consistently be one of Hearts' best players. And consistently being brought up in this podcast without us necessarily bringing him in. Yeah, he uh, five shots, three on target. So that's quite impressive to see. Usually it's, you know, the key passes he's, he's sort of dominating, um, but taking more attempts on goal. Uh, 0.4 XG and one assist. Um, so yeah, still on the watch list. At some point I've got to pull the trigger and bring him in, but I can't decide when that's going to be. I guess we'll talk about that in the sort of transfers segment of the show. Sims, yeah, played very well. Three shots, three on target, one key pass and one goal. What did you think about uh, Rudden, Thomas? Uh, did he not go off injured? He did, yes. He went off on the 72nd. So that is something probably that you're going to want to monitor. Um, I, I can't say I saw too much from him. The striker that you did see a lot more from was Mullen. Yeah. Definitely, and he owned him for the double game week off the back of him scoring three and three, and hasn't. This is his first goal since that purple patch. Yep. Don't think I'm ready to add him to the watch list. Let's have a quick look at Dundee's fixtures here. I mean, the problem with Dundee is they are the polar opposite to Celtic and Rangers, and they are never ever fixture proof. No, never. They do have a double game week, but one of those is away uh, at Celtic Park, followed by Saint Mirren at home, who are on a undefeated streak of seven games they're one of the form sides in the Premier League at the moment yes um, something special is happening at St Mirren over the past sort of six or seven game weeks so. uh, yeah Jim Ga- G- Jim Goodwin changed from back five to back four <laughs> that's yeah. what happens yeah so yeah, steer clear most likely uh, yeah 
Shall we march on then, Thomas, to St. Johnston's second half of their double game week? Was this not actually their first half, technically? I mean, technically, that's correct, yes. Um, The game that we've not yet discussed, where they lost away from home in the Battle of the Saints, uh, St. Mirren winning 2-1. Yeah, St. Mirren are in a real rich vein of form, and I think, if I'm not mistaken... Before this game week, we we picked out um, Grieve and Ronan as potential players for a sort of short, short-term punt. Um, both of them did very very well in this game week. Uh, I think they got a goal each. Um, Ronan now is on penalties, and uh, yeah, I, I think we have, again we have a question coming up about this. But St. Mirren looking really really good, and they certainly have my attention. They have the double game week this week against Livingston and Dundee. Um, two good fixtures, but both are away. Then a slightly sticky patch of Hearts at home, Celtic away, and then uh, Ross County away, Dundee United at home, Motherwell away, Rangers at home. So hot and cold fixtures for the run-in. Yeah, but... Yeah. Any players you want to pick out? Probably Alex Grieve. Just off the highlights, I thought he looked very good. Um, yeah. Doing the stuff that not necessarily you would want as a fantasy player, but he also just like looked good as a footballer, technically, but was also sort of willing to get stuck in. Yeah, I think he like he really likes to attack the box as well. I see a lot of his chances coming from sort of like the penalty box, six yard box, and if he's not getting on the end of crosses, he's in the position. I think I did say it last game week he was passing the eye test and didn't necessarily have the numbers to back it up. That's the case again here. Uh, I thought he only two shots, one on target, one key pass, but one goal. I, I I thought he played very well. I thought he looked very good. Um, Kilty continues to impress. Three shots, didn't put any on target, but he did record 0.6 xa and 0.6 xg, um, and one assist, which is you know very very good. I think you know it's a one point two expected goal involvement, probably amongst the highest for the game week. So, yeah, there are a few picks emerging at St. Marin, and if you're fancying a punt uh, on one of their double gaming players, I'd probably go in there, Ronan included, with his three shots, one on target, that being the penalty. Um, St. Johnson, Thomas, anything you want to say about St. Johnson? Avoid. Yeah. They and maybe are, Callum Hendry? He's injured. Ah. He went off injured. Was it in this game or the cup game? I thought he no, no, no! It was in the Aberdeen game. He went off injured. Yeah. Yeah. Replaced by Stevie May on sixty-one minutes. Oh dear. St. Johnson are just having no luck this season. I mean, they lost their best players right at the end of the transfer window, the summer transfer window, and didn't recruit particularly well. Um, but Xander Clark and Cam Hendry have both gone off injured this game. I think what's his name? Halberg also is out injured, as is uh, Nadia Chifchi. So they're almost back to the bare bones again. Yeah, sad times at St. Johnson. I can't say I'm looking at them for fantasy football picks. Hearts, Ross County, Rangers, Hibs, Motherwell, Livingston, Celtic. That's a pretty tough running. Um, and the two sort of kinder fixtures versus Ross County and Livingston, I think we'll be looking to target St. Johnson as a sort of springboard to kick off of, try and push for a sixth position, considering how tight it is in the yeah. sort of middle of the pack at the moment. So yeah, bleak outlook for St. Johnson as it stands. Talking of Ross County and Livingston, they played each other and uh, the spoils were split uh, with Ramsey for Ross County and Forrest 
uh, notching. Um, what did you think, Thomas, then? Yeah, I mean, someone that sort of surprised me by looking somewhat decent was the guy Nubly. Yeah, so he's, what, come back from his suspension? Or at least he was maybe not playing. Um, and then, yeah, came back in. He looked very good. He looked troublesome. Yeah. Uh, would I bring him, bring him in? Probably not, no. Nah, I think, yeah, I think the sort of standout fantasy football pick from Livingston is probably... Uh, not it's probably it's definitely uh we Alan Forrest five shots three on target uh two key passes point three xg and one goal and is that not four attacking returns in four game weeks for him now? I know he scored three goals in the last yeah, four and he got one assist in that period as well. Yeah, so he's sort of a player I'm kicking myself with, and I think we're gonna go into Scott again. It's something we're gonna talk about about later. But I outlined him as looking very good, and I haven't done anything about it. And he's returned three times since I have said as much. Never really seriously considered him as a transfer. The same with Grieve and Ronan. Um, but maybe I have to start you know, relying a little more on my test. But no, he looked very good this game, I thought. Uh, Ross County sort of in a bit of an attacking slump. Down to 8th uh, for expected goals over the last 6. And over the last 4, they are in 6th. Um, so a little bit of a slide. Surprisingly enough... Uh, Livingston are right up there. Uh, over the last four games, they've averaged 1.38 expected goals per game. And then over the last six, they are fourth with 1.19. Um, so maybe their offensive assets are not necessarily a bad shot. What I would say, though, is they've potentially played three of the... Aberdeen haven't got that bad a defence, but they've played St. Johnson at home, Aberdeen at home, and Ross County away, and Hibs away in those four fixtures, four of those fixtures. So... <laughs> Not like they've played the best teams, but yeah, still. Um, I'd argue they have a fairly decent run coming up as well. St. Mirren at home. We have said they're a team on form, but I still think, you know, Livingston can be competitive in that fixture. Dundee away. Uh, then Dundee United at home. So, not opposed to bringing in a Livingston asset. I guess it's something I have to give more give more consideration. Uh, but no, sort of... Hibs, not Hibs, sorry. Livingston have sort of really dragged their season around. They had a terrible start, didn't they? Losing five on the bounce. I think if you really want to, you can go back to some of the things, like those early episodes, and listen to me condemning them this season. Uh, but they, yeah, they're what, up to up to ninth now and are only, by goodness me, they're only three points off of fourth. Yeah, I mean, like Aberdeen and Livingston are on the same number of points. Conceivably, Ross County and Livingston could be playing European football next season. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable it's a very funny prospect um, anything else you'd like to talk about in reference to this fixture Thomas uh, I mean there was Charles Cook conceding a penalty which Obelai missed yeah yeah I know that was disappointing because um, what Obelai's clean sheet and penalty score would have probably got him into like what 12, 13, 14 points plus three bonus points that he inevitably gets <laughs> yeah, like, and just a swing so hard again the thing with him though is like that it's, you know him not getting the points you'd hoped it's not necessarily a case of a bad decision um, just sort of a bit unfortunate you know he does take the penalties Livingston been playing well just didn't you know kind of fall our way this game week yep I think that's has covered all of the fixtures I feel like I'm missing one Five. Oh, yes, United, I Motherwell. that's it. Because my no- notes for this game are so short. <laughs> um, squished all the way down at the bottom. There we go. Yeah, so Quartz's men go fourth, surprisingly enough, as what 
scores his first Dundee United goal against his former club. Um, and did, did he not like? He didn't. He either shushed them or like cupped his ears at them. No, he like put his fingers in his ears. Um, yeah. Um, what did you think of the game? I thought only two players looked good in this game for me, and they were Sean Goss and Tony Watt. Yeah, I would somewhat agree. Um, I mean, the Levitt goal is lovely, but it's like Tony Watkins four players and then crosses in and the clearance is pretty crap and he just leathers it from like 22, 23 yards out. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Dundee United are starting to pick up a bit of form relative to the teams around them and that's why they find themselves now ahead of Motherwell. Yeah, Tony Watt looks really sharp. I just think Dundee United's fixtures are pretty gruesome for the next four years, so... Game week twenty seven they play they they host Rangers. Then in twenty eight and twenty nine it's away to Aberdeen and Livingston. I mean I guess it depends on how you perceive those two teams at the moment. I don't think going to Pertodri or to uh the Tony Macaroni are going to be particularly easy fixtures, followed by hosting Hearts. But Hearts away from Tyne Castle. That's you make a good point. I, I guess it's just down to what you how you perceive those fixtures. Yeah, true. True, true, true. I would probably be holding on to Tony Watt now that he's sort of thanked his loyal owners with a goal after not scoring in, I think it was six or eight. Something uh, stupid. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I would not be... I wouldn't would not. I would sign him, though. Nah, I would... What, before playing Rangers? No way. No. No way. And like, yeah, just their run into the end of the season is kind of tough. Yeah. I would definitely agree. The end of the season until the split, even. Yes. Um, it's going to be so interesting to see where all these teams wind up because yeah right now you've got excluding the top three and the bottom two so seven teams all vying for a top six yep. and quite conceivably fourth, fifth and sixth currently could end up finishing eighth, ninth and tenth like it's that tight at the moment and I think even even St Mirren if St Mirren win their game in hand um, which is the one against Dundee, so you sort of do back them a little bit in that fixture. Um, they go within, I think it's eight points of um, of Hearts, and then they play each other again before the before the split. Um, I mean, so that has the they play them in the following game week actually in twenty eight. So you never know by the end of game week twenty eight, Saint Mary could be within five points of, of Hearts, so a team we considered to be untouchable in that third position yeah like when you look at the table like it's just nuts there's like four teams with 11 losses and two with 12 and then there's two with nine wins three with eight wins and then one with seven and it's they're just all so close together i absolutely love it to i guess frame this from a fantasy football scotland perspective is i think we could see hmm, especially the teams you know ninth tenth and eleventh Sorry, uh, 8th, 9th and 10th, really sort of going a bit more gung-ho, trying to get into those top uh, those top six. The problem with the, the 7th, 8th and 9th is they're Hibs, Aberdeen and Livingston, and they're not teams that you consider to go gung-ho. True, but you've got Ross County in 10th, and as I said, Livingston are coming into a bit of attacking form. I think Aberdeen, with the characters they have in the dressing room, um, won't settle for finishing in the bottom half, so they'll be really, really trying to kick on to the top six. And um, Hibs aren't playing well in the league necessarily, but got a good win against high flyers are both in the league below. So I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. 
uh, as we head into uh, the final games before the split. I think that's it for the fixtures, isn't it, Thomas? Um, that is the last one, yes. Let's move on to a quick watch list update. Um, didn't really have anyone to add. Um, I've removed Craig Gordon because we now both own him, and Ahmad Diallo has been removed because he's essentially a rotation risk on that right wing. Yeah. Um, with uh, Arfield playing there this game week, actually. Um, Righty-ho, then. What are the talking points for this game week? It's probably the double game week. Yeah, we've got Dundee who play away at Celtic and at home to St. Mirren. And I said this about Aberdeen. It's probably not a double game week for them, but the Aberdeen double game week uh, picks did fairly well and in that fixture, so I'm not going to write them off completely. Uh, and St. Mirren have a very favourable pair of fixtures, I think at least. Uh, they've got uh, Livingston away from home, followed by uh, Dundee. Um, I think at Fantasy Half asks us a question in this regard. Um, what are the two St. Mirren assets you would back this double game week, Thomas? First and foremost, do you think you'll be bringing in a St. Mirren player for this double game week? I'm actually very tempted by Grieve, to be honest. I think he could be a bit of a shout. I mean, he's a bit of a punk as well, because I don't think he'll have too high an ownership, but he like looks good in the game, So in the game at the weekend. So I would be very tempted to bring him in. Um, and probably Ronan or Kilty. Yeah, I think I think it's probably prob- like two of those three. Grieve, we have already talked about both this week and last. He's looked looking very sharp, and I back him in this double game week. The question is, though, is am I going to remove him for Boyce when Hearts take on St. Johnston? And I think the answer is probably no. The issue I'm having, though, here, Thomas, is I already own McMullen, who has a double game week. Do I move him out for uh, a Ronan or a Kilty? I wouldn't actually be able to... I mean, what, McMullen? I mean, you've got McMullen sitting in your team. That's what I'm saying. Do I move him out for a Ronan oh, yeah, or a Kilty? Absolutely. absolutely. But he's, he's, on, he's on a double game week, including one home fixture. But I don't think that you have any fires in your team, really? Juranovic could become one. Uh, he already is kind of pe- like taking me off with regards to uh, his... Incre- ever increasing rotation risk I mean you are saying it's because he was unavailable but we both you know recognise that Ralston is a trusted player by Andrew Postacoglu so to see him step in for a game like a home fixture versus Dundee off the back of a, Europe- a European match wouldn't surprise me you do make a valid point but I feel that going from McMullen who I don't think like he'll play but I don't think he'll do anything yeah that's fair enough um I I don't have too much else to say about this this double game week I don't think it's necessarily one if you've got let's say Marion Assets you're on a favourable position compared to other fantasy football managers but considering the fact that St. Marion face Hearts and then Celtic in the immediate wake of this game I don't know if I it, it's too short term for me all right, so that is Saint Mirren. What is so? You're are you going to keep McMillan or like? I, I just feel his fixtures aren't the greatest for this double game week. It's Dundee who are now managerless. Yeah. Ah, I guess we'll discuss this a bit more when it comes to the transfer decisions this week. But I've really not made my mind up yet. At the moment, he's sat on my bench, um, and I definitely wouldn't be targeting any Dundee players. 
I think the next thing worth talking about this game week, seeing as there are no real obvious fixture swings, is probably the lineups in the European fixtures, um, particularly from the point of view of Celtic. Um, if you saw, say, Yota, O'Reilly, and Juranovic lining up tonight for Celtic, do you expect them to start in the uh, start this weekend? Are they not playing tomorrow night? Is that not tonight? No, because there's the Conference League and the Europa League. Of course League. it is. So it is, yes. They start. Uh, they, they play tomorrow. Regardless, my question still stands. If yep. you see them lining up tomorrow night... Um, I feel O'Reilly would be a rotation risk. I think Juranovic and Jota... I, Jota might, may, might be, but Juranovic won't. I feel that going f- like both offensively and defensively, Celtic are just better when he's on the pitch instead of Ralston. I agree. But don't you think a game at home versus Dundee, a team that Celtic already smashed 6-0 this season, is an opportunity for players to be rested? Yeah. I mean, you've heard... Postacoglu talk about how he doesn't like resting players, so I don't see why he wouldn't just play his best team. And I mean, I guess it really depends if they win against Bodo Glimt and how much they win by. Like, if they win three or four nil, then I don't see why he wouldn't start really trying to plow back on with the the league. But if they're uh, if they like go one nil down and they need to put out a full strength squad the next week. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw maybe some rotation so that he had like the freshest squad available. Yeah. Do you think we could be seeing any rotation on in uh, on the other side of the old firm with regards to Rangers are playing Dundee United away, a fixture they've had difficulty in this season, um, followed by uh, Motherwell a week later. What do you think then is the probability of the Rangers' assets being rotated? I mean, I think... Tavernier is pretty much undroppable since Patterson. Yep. Oh, no, did they not bring in that Polish right-back? Uh, he's not going to challenge the captain for his position, really, is he? Nah. Um, so I think he's nailed. Bassi's nailed, because did Balogun not go off injured? So He's unavailable, at least for tonight. I don't know about the tomorrow weekend. Night. Tomorrow night. Um, so I think Bassi, again, is unrotatable. Um, I think this is probably the difference between the two managers I don't see maybe in central midfield players coming in and out but Morelos I think is going to play against Dortmund he's going to play against Dundee United they'll play Dortmund again midweek the following game week and then um, I think he'll play every single one of those games yeah same yep uh, this feels just sort of like a outside of the double game week, a run of the mill game week. There's not too many. To- there have been a couple of sackings, but there's not much. You know, we've still to see the lay of the land of these teams outside, uh, of you know, uh, in the wake of their uh, of these uh, respective dismissals, um, and you do have the double game week. But it just sort of feels like, I guess we are sort of ramping in towards the split now, Thomas. I guess it's probably a good time to start talking about captaincy and transfer plans or uh, ideas, I guess, for Game Week 27. First and foremost, who do you think are the standout captaincy picks? Like you, just, you just have the six Celtic and Rangers players sitting there begging for you to CVC them. Yeah, I think at home to Dundee is too good I said it already Celtic smashed Dundee 6-0 in this fixture previously they're managerless as it stands whilst uh, yeah, Celtic are in some rip-roaring form I think you 
I think you'd go there probably for captaincy. The only issue I have with that is, as we've sort of just said, that there's a, a reasonable chance of rotation amongst the Celtic squad. So you're not going to, I don't think at least, you're going to get the lineup for this game week. No, they play They play on the Sunday. Yeah. Same with Rangers, actually. They both play on the, yeah, on the because Sunday. Because of their European fixtures, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't feel like there's any point really talking about anyone. I mean, you've got boys, maybe, who are playing St. Johnston, but... I, I'm saying specifically for the Celtic game, no. Thomas. Like, who are you going to captain? Like, who do you feel confident captaining in that fixture? Probably Jota or Abada, to be honest. Which one? I really feel like maybe Abada is probably the better pick because he seems like a bit more of a like Nailed a fitness on. machine. Yeah, he's he, he he and seems quite happy to play him every three or four days, whereas Jota seems to get more time on the bench. I know you think he's that's just as a result of him coming back from injury, but. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably captain a batter over either any other Celtic asset. But then you do also have Tav, who's got Dundee United away. Yep. I don't think you overthink it too much. I think the armband is probably going to, both armbands are going to, at least for me, are going to fall to the old firm players. I think a vice captaincy of a St. Mirren asset is not necessarily a bad shout. I see a few people captain and vice captain to either Ferguson or Ramirez this double game weekend. It's paid off for them very well. Um, but didn't necessarily... I mean, I guess if you captain Ferguson, it paid off you very much. But even then, Tav scored 17 points himself and only had the one game. So I guess that's an outside pick. Hearts versus St. Johnson is a good shout. What about uh, Ellis Sims for vice captaincy? I'm not very sure to be honest because uh, he's only played what two or three games in total no nah, more than that now is it more, more than, than that, that now yeah I think it's up to five um, but you're thinking there's going to be a bit of a rotation that risk there with him I mean it is interesting considering that he sort of played out he played centre and pushed Boyce out wide yep and he has been playing, I mean, just from the eye test alone, he's looked like, since he's come in, he's been playing very well. Him and Barry Mackay seem to have like a very sort of nice understanding between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, he's played four times and scored twice. So, I mean, I could see myself stretching to bring him in. But I but, feel like there's probably, like, I feel like if you're using your transfer, you might as well use it on a St. Mirren one this week. Or... If you don't already have like the maximum old firm bringing bringing in another old firm player, like those are the only sort of three very viable options I can think of with regards to transfers. Yeah, we've sort of meandered here and there with regards to captaincy, Thomas. So I'm going to ask you to uh, draw a line in the sand here and tell me your top three. Which are your uh, favourite picks, first to third? I mean, I think I think you've obviously got to put in the caveat of. Hopefully no one gets injured during the European games. Sure. But let's say they all come through unscathed and Juranovic is in the Celtic starting lineup. I think I would captain Abada first, then Tav, then Morelos. But, but with Jota being very, very close behind. Yeah, I, I, I'm in a sort of similar frame of mind. I'm thinking Tav is the safe option. Um, so I'll put him up in first or second, along with an Alfredo Morelos. Um, but 
I, I really like if, if if a badder doesn't start or Yotter doesn't start, then they will, I think, start definitely the weekend. So if you see that in the lineup, then I'm probably going to give whoever out of those two doesn't start. My um, the reason Morelos is in third is I feel that he's probably better off as a vice captain because he scores more than he assists. Yep, definitely. So that's why he was sort of down in third. Like, don't get me wrong, I think he's going to do very very well this week, but. I feel like you'd be better off vice-captaining him and maybe trying to get the extra points from maybe like a Tavernier clean sheet and assist or an Abada assist and stuff like that. I just feel that the vice-captain armband is better placed on Morelos than the captaincy. Yeah, that's very true. I'm just trying to quickly drag up Alfredo Morelos's goal-scoring record versus Dundee United, but I, I can't seem to find it here. I mean, he didn't score when they played each other on the second game week. And then he didn't score when he played them on the 19th game week. So, uh, Well, that's a very small sample size. It's something I'm going to have to look at as well. Um, but I do back him to score in that fixture probably. Transfers then, Thomas. I think we're both in a position where we're considering rolling. Yeah, my only potential transfer would be, I think, Van Veen. Because I don't think he's been playing... A lot recently. Yeah, he's only had 13 46 minutes over the last two game weeks. Yeah. So he is someone who I'm considering to be a bit of a fire, and that's why I would potentially move to Grieve. If I was you, then I would. Let's have a look at your team, Thomas. If I was you, that's probably where I'd be going. You know, you've got your defence and keeper are set up very nicely. You know, Gordon, Bassi, Tav, Juranovic, Obelai, and Ramsey. All of reasonable fixtures. They all have good or reasonable fixtures. Um, same in the midfield. I think that's probably a good shout. Like I, I think if there's ever a time, I mean, you're 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 trying to you know gain rank a little bit, and and I don't necessarily think you should be encouraged to like start going for crazy differentials. But considering the form that Saint Mirren in, how sharp Grieve is looking, how low owned he is, probably his double game week status, I think it's worth a punt. Then at home to Hearts, you can bench him for the Celtic game and play him against Ross County, Dundee United and Motherwell. Sort of three crucial games for St. Mirren. So yeah, I like that pick. So I've just looked up. I've like looked up his profile and would you like to guess his price? Low, like 4.5. Lower. No way, 4? Lower. 3.5? 3.4. I might just bring... Oh my goodness me. That's pennies. That's nothing. Yeah, and like, he's starting because is Brophy not injured? I think both Brophy and Main are injured from what I remember. Yeah, and like, he's scored so I don't see why he wouldn't and as you said, they've got a double game week. Huh. Then absolutely, I'd be going for him. Yeah, I might just do it on air. I've done it, I've done it on air. <laughs> I mean, I probably would have waited uh, until uh, the end of the European fixtures, Thomas. That was probably a mistake. Nah. Not particularly good fantasy football uh, protocol, but... Nah, feel feeling confident. I'm going to put my triple captain on him, even though he already used my TC chip. Yeah, I think for me, I'm in a position where I don't have any fires to put out. I have plans, as I've mentioned a couple of times, to bring in a, another old firm attacker, which would re require two transfers. So I think instead of taking a four-point hit, hold my transfer this week, and then maybe go for that sort of double switch in either 28 or in game week 29. Yeah, I think that's my plan. 
Right then, before we round off, let's get to a couple of questions. So we've already taken the question from the at the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast at Fantasy Half, who, by the way, are uh, starting another cup after the conclusion of their FFS Royal Rumble. So, um, yeah, I think they put up a tweet about it. Um, so I would, you know, reply to that tweet or get in their DM saying that you wanted to be involved. Cup fantasy football is always a good laugh. Um, Josh at Josh underscore footblog uh, asks, uh, what is your uh, op- opinion on Alex Grieve, two goals in two all comps, St. Mirren double and very cheap? We kind of already given our answer. I think he's probably a cracking pick. Him over Ronan, if you could do either. Yeah, if, uh, apart from the fact that Ronan's on penalties, when you look at his goals, they're all from very sort of low XG positions. And I feel you don't really see him shooting in or around the box too often. Yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to feel a bit jealous now, actually. Um, Boyce. The thing is, is I'm my my non-playing player is 3.3 million, so and I have nothing in the bank. So I can't quite get to him by just upgrading my non-playing player. So I think I'm just going to have to hope he does nothing this double game week. But no, I think he's a very... If you've got a transfer to burn... Or even if you're just needing to, like in your case, you're looking to replace a Kevin Van Veen. I think it's a great shout, definitely. Um, and I think our final f- question for the game week comes from at John O'Donnell eighty five on Twitter, who asks, I think f- not him specifically, but this is the third time we've received this question. Best front three for the run in to the split. He currently owns Morelos, Watt, and Boyce. I mean, first and foremost, that's a very good front three, I think. Yeah, I mean, Morelos, we c- could speak about him all day, I think. Um, not only is he playing for Rangers, I think that their like, run-up to the split is very easy, excluding Celtic game, but again, that's at Ibrox, so it's like they have the upper hand in that game. They play Dundee United away, Motherwell, St. Johnston, Aberdeen, Dundee, Celtic and St. Mirren. Yep. Teams you all fancy Rangers to beat fairly handily. So who is second and third for you then? Who is second and third? Again, I feel that, yeah, probably Boyce is second because again, they've got easy, easy-ish fixtures. They've got St. Johnston, St. Mirren, Aberdeen, United, Livy, Ross County and Hibs. And th- a lot of those teams aren't the greatest defensively. Only thing I would say about his front th- the front three of John O'Donnell is he probably has quite a lot of money tied up there. Almost nine million in Morelos and around six in Watt and Boyce. So you're you know you're looking at almost twenty million up front. And there are probably a few options now in the midfield that are starting to open themselves up. Like Yota is a great pick. I think Arebo is should be taken into consideration. Ryan Kent too Rogic is in the sort of up towards getting up towards six million. Um, so who would you be looking at as the budget option out of them? Grieve excluded because we've already talked about him. Would Grieve be in your top three currently? Yeah, I think so. Um, Same Mirren have this double, and then they've got a couple of hard fixtures over the next two game weeks. But Same Mirren are, are at home to Hearts, who are not the greatest away from home. They then have Celtic, but I think pretty much every team plays an old firm team in the run up to the end of the season yep. so that's going to be a thing and then they've got Ross County again who 
whilst they score a lot, they concede a lot due to their open style of play. And then by that time, you're at sort of at game week 31. And that's when teams are really sort of desperate to win to try and get pushed for that top six. So yeah. I do feel Grieve would be a good shout. Yeah, I would, I would probably have to agree with you um, in that order as well. I mean, obviously, you could arguably put Sims in for Boyce type thing. And then what I would argue has the hardest fixture run potentially out of like the sort of viable teams where you'd pick players from. Yeah. Or like wouldn't be sort of too opposed to pick a double up. So very tough over the next four, uh, over the next six, I reckon. Yeah. Because after Rangers, Aberdeen, Livingston and Hearts, you've got away fixtures to St. Mirren and to Hibs. Um, Yeah. I would probably agree with that. Right. I think we'll call it a day there. I mean, well, you've got, um, is it Lord O'Connor who said that his bench trick player... Yes, that's very true. That was a, probably a bit disappointing. Yeah, Connor Barron, um, 2.4 million midfielder at Aberdeen, um, started. So yeah, he said, I was annoyed to see my bench trick player, Connor Barron, start for Aberdeen, but in the end, got me two points, a better return than Doi. And what I'll say is, that's a statement, not a question. That's true. But I guess the question is, is is there a bench trick player? And you have one up front, I have my one in midfield. My midfield player is Finn Robson of Dundee United. Yep, and mine's McLeod up front from Motherwell, who hasn't played a minute. Uh, and uh, so those would be our two picks yeah, I guess probably your options um, and yeah uh, despite Dundee giving their debut to like their youngest ever player in Rory McLeod Robson didn't even make the bench so it's like you're probably safer yep right in that case, let's round out. We still have to put the XG tables up from this double game week because we haven't added the Aberdeen and Dundee fixture to that yet. Uh, uh, Aberdeen and St. Johnson fixture to that yet. Apologies. Um, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at SFFantasyCom. Um, we'll get those up very soon. And if you're wanting anything discussed uh, in the next episode, then be sure to tweet us your questions. Um, so best of luck for game week 27. Yep. Good luck.